Yeah, Josh's got an exciting word uh, today in a continuation of our sermon series. So we're just going to uh, quickly just lift up Josh to the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for he and Laura, how such humble servants they are, such beautiful people in all of our lives, quick to put things down and come to the, to the need and the assistance of, of people. Lord, we just pray right now, Lord, that our hearts would be ready to receive what you have been giving to him. Uh, we thank you for his study of your word and the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit that he has. So, Lord, we just commit this time as an act of worship yes, Lord. to you. In Yeshua, Jesus is mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So you got this. And right is forward, left is back. Right is forward, left is back. Wow, that is, that's something else. When you, when you get, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about being near the back, but like I was in the back and then I sort of came to the front when Dave was like, kind of like, you were just kind of, the, you could feel the Holy Spirit was moving and it was just like, it's different. I would love for that feeling to just be all over the, the church the whole time that we're, uh, as we're worshiping. <laughs> so I think... What I'd like to say is like we can begin to be conscious of laying, like Sharon I think said, like lay, cast your cares upon him, lay your burdens down. And so like for the time that we come in here, we can push all that stuff off of our mind and really start to focus on him. Um, and not that we don't, it's like a battle, right? It's a battle for, for working towards that. It's not like you're getting hammered because you did it wrong or something like that. It's not, it's not that at all. It's just like... Without vision, the people will cast off restraint. So if you don't have a vision of like, what are we doing here, right? Like, what, what is Sunday about? Well, for me, it's about like, I'm going to forget all, the, all my worries. I'm going to come in and I'm going to battle to forget what I'm afraid of and start focusing on him. Um, so this has nothing to do with my message at all, just so you know. Um, Sometimes I take it for what you want. Um, <laughs> while, I was, while I was in my seat... Um, I just felt like the Lord wanted to release a blessing over you guys, and <laughs> you're going to mess me up. That was awesome. <laughs> I felt the Holy... No, 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 because I felt the Holy Spirit all over when you did that. Um, <laughs> so this is, this, is, um, this is Jesus when he t- he's on the, the, you know, this, it's the Sermon on the Mount, but it's, it's a blessing, and so um, just... You know, close your eyes and bow your head. I'm gonna, I want to bless you. I'm going to release this as a blessing over you. Father, you say, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So I release the kingdom of heaven for all of those who are humble in spirit here. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So we release that blessing over those of us who are mourning. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So we release the inheritance of the earth, the inheritance of Bristol. This territory we declare is for you, God. This is a good one. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. This This is, ask him to make your heart pure, and you will absolutely see him. With your eyes, with your spiritual eyes, you will see him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. 
Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say any kind of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and celebrate, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way that they persecuted the prophets before you. So I just release that blessing over them, Father, right now, my brothers and sisters. May they be uh, the shalom of God over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for letting me do that. I was just trying to be obedient. That was not bland at all. And I just hope that it blesses you guys. All right, so today we're continuing our series on the life and times of Jesus. And we, we come to this point where Jesus says something. I like this version. This is the Passion Translation. Are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me and I will refresh your life because I am your oasis. It's a nice way. Sometimes it's nice to read it in a different version because it breathes a new life. You know, I've just come through a season of, I'd like to call it my busy season, because if you guys don't know, I have about three or four different jobs that I do, because I'm very entrepreneurial. So one of the things I do is, is a dog walking business, where I walk about three or four miles a day in general. Um, as you can imagine, it's the summer season, so it's extremely busy, uh, because people are taking vacations. So not only do I have the normal visits that I have, but there's even, there's even more above and beyond that. And then I, uh, if you don't know, I, I work at the church um, for a few hours a week uh, from home doing the social media stuff and making the graphics. I made that. Hopefully you like it. <laughs> um, I have some various other internet businesses that I do. So like, it's not like a typical nine to five job for me. It's like, if someone says, hey, could you do this? I have to be like, what are the six other things that I have to change to do that, and yes, I want to do it, and something you may not know about me is that most of my identity used to come from being a people pleaser. For those of you who don't know what that is, that means like, you could ask me to do something and I would always say yes without ever evaluating, do I have the time for it, do I have the resource for it, Uh, is this healthy for me? I know it would bless you, but like, I just couldn't say no. So like, I'm going through this busy season, people ask me things, I'm a recovering people pleaser, so it's really still a little hard for me to say like, I don't know if I can do that, <laughs> you know? So, but Jesus is, is, so what I'm trying to tell you is, I don't have this down at all. I'm just learning. I'm learning how to say like, hey, yes, you know, say no to the thing that's not, it's good, but it's not actually what God's calling me into, and learning to say yes to the thing that God is saying. This is me, right? And so I want to come to him. Where is he at in those things, right? So can you guys relate to any of that? Can you relate to like being overworked, you know, maybe not resting enough, not figuring out like, can, is, there, is it just me or? I'd let that. <laughs> yeah, so right, so. I'm not a special case. I mean, I have different things that go on in my life. I'm not working a typical nine to five, but you guys know, as a whole, we're extremely busy in our culture. Yeah. Extremely overworked. You know, we don't know how to take time to rest. 
And so I'm glad you can relate because I would feel really silly if you didn't. <laughs> That's what my message is about today. That's amazing. <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> it's like you told. So I guess what I'm saying is I wonder if we can learn a better way. What if when Jesus makes a statement, come to me, I'll give you rest. He's talking about the kind of rest that will restore your soul. It's more than the type of rest that we usually get even on a, on a, on a Saturday or a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon. What if there's a deeper rest that's available? And so that's kind of the premise of this. But we are going through, basically going through the book of Matthew and, 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 and Jesus' life and times. And so, basically, as we continue there, we find ourselves in Matthew, Matthew 12. And I'm just going to read from the screen here. One Saturday on the day of rest, Jesus and his disciples were walking through a field of wheat. The disciples were hungry, so they plucked off some heads of grain, rubbed them in their hands to eat, um, but when some of the Pharisees saw what was happening, they said to him, look, your disciples shouldn't be harvesting grain on the Sabbath. Okay, that's, to me, that's pushing it. <laughs> Jesus responded, haven't you ever read what King David and his men did when they were hungry? They entered the house of God. So this is, they entered the temple and they ate the sacred bread that's on the, you know, in the presence of God. They violated, and they violated the law by eating the bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the Torah that the priests violated the rules of the Sabbath by carrying out the duties in the temple on a Saturday, and yet they are without blame? But I say to you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. Who do you think he's talking about? <laughs> he's saying, I'm greater than the temple. He said, if you could learn, he's talking to the Pharisees, if you could learn the meaning of the words, I want compassion more than a sacrifice, you wouldn't be condemning my innocent disciples. <clears throat> For the Son of Man exercises his lordship over the Sabbath. Now, that was a different translation. That wasn't the NASB. That was the, I think that was the Passion Translation. And again, I like to do that because it's different. Like, we get used to the NIV. We get used to, to the NASB. And, and so it's helpful to read it in a fresh way. But what I like about the NASB version is it says, the Son of Man is the Lord of Sabbath. So that's the title of my sermon, is Jesus is the Lord of Rest. Then Jesus left them, and he went into the synagogue where he encountered a man who had an atrophied, paralyzed hand. The fault-finding Pharisees asked Jesus, is it permissible to perform a work of healing on the Sabbath when no one is supposed to work? They only asked him this question because they hoped to accuse him of breaking the Jewish laws. He answered them, if any of you had a lamb that fell into a ditch on the Sabbath, wouldn't you reach out your hand and lift it out? Isn't a man much more valuable than a lamb? Ah, that rhymes. So, of course, it's always proper to do miracles even on the Sabbath. In the NASB, the, the, the NASB version says it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath in that spot. <clears throat> then he turned to the man and said, hold out your hand. And as he stretched out his hand, it was restored like the other. So, let me go back to here. Wait, back person. So there's the... There's the scripture, right? That's, the, that's where we find ourselves. Jesus is in, the, he's in the field. His disciples are hungry. They're like, I'm going to have a snack. You know, like, what's the big deal? So as I'm reading that, I'm like, well, why are the heck are the Pharisees accusing them? They're like, well, like you're breaking a law. That's, 
you know, I, di I didn't quite understand that, and I, I don't have the, quite the, the background in Judaism as Dave does, and so I had to look up some things. And <clears throat> Basically, they were just accusing the disciples of working. They were accusing them of literally harvesting grain. Like, it's a big deal. You're, you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath. God said not to work on, on that day. But were they really working? I, I, I think they were just feeding themselves a snack. It's not... So that, that was like the first question I had. But the next question I had is because, again, I'm not very versed in the Sabbath. I mean, I don't, I don't know a ton about it. I don't know a ton. I mean, I know Eric and Eileen and, and Dave would know a lot more than I would. But um, I pulled my Facebook friends because, like, what else am I going to do? <laughs> what do any of my Facebook friends know about the Sabbath? Of course, Michelle said it's a blessed day. And then she... I can't, you can't see the, the verse, but she said, the Sabbath is a blessed day. Jill says, I know it's a commandment to keep it holy. Am I right? I said, that's right. It's the fourth commandment. Oh, did I miss something? Uh, my friend uh, Jonathan said, from Friday to su sundown to Saturday sundown, you're supposed to honor God by not working. There are various practices among Jews and Jewish Christians, but the general idea is to rest. Uh, my friend Dustin, who is a scientist, by the way, and you can tell it by his answer, he's very like thought out and in summation. He's like, it's a day of rest. God included it in the Old Testament law. It modeled after his own pattern of work during the creation period. It was the legal embodiment of scriptural exhortations against overworking. And it was redefined by Jesus as a principle rather than a legal obligation. So I have some pretty smart Facebook friends because that was pretty good right there. Um, sorry, my screen that has my notes keeps turning off on me, but worse things could happen, right? <laughs> so, so let's take a look at the Sabbath in the Old Testament, because here I'm like, I'm just trying to teach myself what's, what's the Sabbath, what, what, you know, what can I find out about the Sabbath without asking Dave to tell me the, the entire story of the Sabbath. Um, so, the Sabbath in the Old Testament, it's, um, one of the things is, um, basically after finishing his work in creation, God pronounced it very good. So that's one thing. So he's, there's, there's like a idea of delight that happens on the Sabbath. He took pleasure in his creation. Um, God rested from all his work in creation is another thing that happened, obviously. Um, so he... He said it was good, and then he rested. And see the other thing. And then the other interesting thing is the Sabbath is, is given as the fourth commandment. It's a reminder of God's seventh day rest. So remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. <clears throat> Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day it's a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall do no work, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So it's a, so it's a holy day that God set apart for rest, and then he created a commandment that says you, should rest, you need to rest. And there were some interesting penalties in the Old Testament if you broke the Sabbath. So what does the New Testament have to say? Well, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, Jesus promises to give us rest as we come to him, which is 
the whole premise of, of what, I'm, what I'm saying is as we come to Jesus, he offers it a deep rest that, you know, you can't just get apart from him. And the next thing would be the Sabbath was given for people not to oppress people. So in Mark 2.27, Jesus says, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So that was, I think that was, if you go back to the story where he, they're in the field and the Pharisees are accusing him and he's saying, you guys are missing the entire point of the spirit of the Sabbath. It's not made for, to oppress man to meet these, these laws, it's made to, to be for man, right? And so it's, so, you know, it's kind of cool because Jesus starts to give us the heart of the Father in Sabbath rest. So Sabbath is, you know, it's, it's also, you could call it, um, it's a day of rest. It's a day of stopping, ceasing work. Um, and we enter, so we enter, so Hebrews 4 is we enter rest through Jesus. And there remains, therefore, a rest for the people of God. <clears throat> Let us, therefore, be diligent to enter that rest. So, like, what's all of this, what are, what are all these scriptures saying? Like, what, what is it? Because this is, like, you have to understand, I, this is, like, my research process, right? So, like, I'm just sharing with you, like, hey, this is what I'm learning. You guys probably know more. You, you maybe you don't know as much, but this is what, what it looks like when I'm trying to figure out, hey, what's going on here? So basically, God modeled a pattern of work and rest for us in creation. He worked for six days, and on the seventh, he stopped working and enjoyed creation. God blessed this day and set it apart. According to Jesus, it was made for people. So he was so serious about the importance of resting that he put it in the Ten Commandments. He was serious. He seriously wanted you to rest, that he made it one of the Ten Commandments. It's the fourth commandment. That kind of blows me away if you think about it, right? Like, if you look at it that way, instead of like, hi, hey, there's all these rules that I can't do, I have to stop doing this, I, I can't do this, maybe I have to work a little bit harder on the sixth day. So that's maybe like the mindset for them. And then the, the most powerful thing, I think, is that Jesus declares to everyone, including the Pharisees, that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. So he's the Lord of rest, is what he's saying. So I'm big on identity, right? I'm big on like, you knowing who you are, but also I'm big on you knowing who God is. And so to me, as I'm reading this, he's like, Joshua, I'm the Lord of rest. That is one of my identities. That is one of, one, like, who I am for you is the Lord that provides rest for your soul. Right? And so that's kind of interesting to think and meditate on because in our society, we don't, we don't really rest. It's... Facebook and social media and the internet and the phone is an extension of our brains. And, and when you're on the phone, your mind is not shutting off. You're, there's no true disconnection. And, you know, you could be with your family and you're, you get a text message. And I don't know if this happens to you. It's like I'm like on a date with my wife, right? And it's like I forgot to put my, my phone off. And my phone goes off and I look at the message and it's like, oh, I need you to do this. And it's like a work thing. And all of a sudden, like, I'm in a place of intimacy and rest with my wife, and I get pulled right out of that, right? So, like, it, it's a battle in our society to, to actually rest. We have a very low value on, on rest and understanding, like, even the, the physiological benefits of resting. So, it's like a simple message. It's like, hey, you guys should rest. 
you know, you should rest in him. But I like to add, I always like to add some tools. And so I found this really cool modern day model of like entering into a Sabbath rest. So I'm just going to share that with you right now. So the principle is stop, rest, delight. And then there's a fourth part, which is contemplate. So, so I'm just going to read, I just have this really just, you know, when someone says something better than you can say it, I think it's like, just like honor them and read what they said, because I just couldn't make it any better. Sabbath is first and foremost a day when we cease all work, paid and unpaid. On the Sabbath, we embrace our limits. We let go of the illusion that we're indispensable to, the run, to running the world. We recognize we will never finish all our goals and projects and that God is on the throne managing quite well <laughs> in ruling the universe without our help. That's, that's the first principle is we just need to stop. We need to stop. Just, just stop. Just stop. Just stop, right? It's like brain, stop. Mind, stop. It's like... You know, all the cares of the world, just, just stop for a second, right? And then the next principle, obviously, is rest. So once we stop, we accept God's invitation to rest. God, God rested after his work of creation. Every seventh day, we're to do the same. We engage in activities that restore and replenish us from napping, hiking, reading, eating food. Does anybody have, like, what do you rest? What do you do, Alan, what do you do when you rest? Sit on the couch. That's good. Don't, don't tell on him. <laughs> coffee. What do, you, what do you do? Do you rest? I hate to put, I'm not meaning to put you on the spot. I'm just wondering. That's, but dude, that's, that's perfect. That's great. Well, because it's, it's finding what is restful to you, right? Like, what is restful to you? Um, Sharon, did you have something? That's good. It's a little churchy. That's good. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, no, I, I, I'm not knocking you. That's a great word. Okay. Amen. It's a good word, right? I mean, that's going to have a, the calming effect for sure. Anybody else want to share? What do, you, what do you do for rest? How do you, I mean, this is helpful for all of us, right? Rich? Oh, I'm sorry. Napping is awesome. I didn't see you over there. You should have wore red so I could like, I would have been, just kidding. So napping. So napping, so relaxing on the couch, right? So these are like, I think these are good ways to begin entering into rest. So, and that's what it said, napping, right? Napping, hiking, reading, eating good food, enjoying hobbies, and playing sports. Resting from unpaid work, however, requires, sometimes it requires an advanced planning, right? If, if I have any hope of enjoying a Sabbath rest, I need to set aside time during the week. So that's if, like, you're trying to carve out one day. Like, if you're trying to say, God said, rest on the Sabbath, it's the 24-hour period, it's that Friday night to... Friday to Saturday night, right? So if you're trying to do that, these are some principles, you know, of how you could do that. I'm going to talk a little bit about what I think we have available to us as New Testament believers in terms of Sabbath and rest, but this is like, hey, like if you want to work on carving it out, you can carve it out with some of this information. Um, 
So things to prepare for a Sabbath, like you'd have to make sure your bills were paid, you're cleaning or fixing something around the house on the day before you try to take your Sabbath, right? And so the third, the third principle in the modern day model of Sabbath is delight. Um, and that's where it goes you know, back to Genesis 131. After finishing his work in creation, God pronounced it very good. And um, the author of this, this that I'm reading to you says, this was not an anemic afterthought. <laughs> oh, well, it's nice to be done with that. <laughs> like God wasn't saying that. But it's like a joyful recognition and a celebration of accomplishment. It's right. As a part of observing, observing Sabbath, God invites us to join in the celebration, to enjoy and delight in his creation and all the gifts that he offers us. They come in many forms, including people, places, and things, the gifts that God gives us. As part of preparing to practice Sabbath, one of the most important questions to consider is, what gives me joy and delight? <clears throat> and this will differ for each of us. As you could tell, you know, some, I'm going to rest on the couch, right? Like, I'm going to read through the Psalms. What do I do? I'm still trying to figure out what I do for rest. I don't know. I'm not going to ask Dave because I don't think... I don't think Dave rests. Just being honest, not calling him out. <laughs> Just don't text him late at night because he might text you back. Um, Dave runs. That's true. You do run. Is that restful for you? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, seriously, this man, he goes. He gets things done. Sometimes I pause because I just like to make sure I'm, I know where I am in space and time and I'm not just saying something to say something. I want to say something that's, that's right. So the final, the final like, tool, if you're looking to have like a modern-day Sabbath, is uh, contemplate. So pondering the love of God is the central focus on the Sabbath, which I think is, is great because it's like, Sharon's talking about reading through the Psalms. That's a way of pondering and contemplating. <clears throat> what makes a Sabbath a biblical Sabbath is that it's holy to the Lord. So I like to think of the word holy as set apart, rather, because like holy has like a connotation, but really what it means is it like it is a thing that could be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's set apart. It's different. You're supposed to look at it slightly different. Um, so it's holy to the Lord. We're not taking time off from God. We're drawing closer to him. This doesn't mean like, like I've, I've, I've read some books where some, some people have like made their kids like you just, all, your whole day is like church all day and you got to be in the scripture and like, it's not, it's like missing the point, right? It's like, yeah, you're forcing people to ponder God, but you're missing the point, again, like the Pharisees did. It's about rest for your soul. It's about rejuvenation. And obviously it is about connecting and contemplating the Lord's goodness and the Lord's love. And um, So... Uh, da, 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 da. We're not taking time off for God, we're drawing closer to him. Sabbath is an invitation, so rest is an invitation to see the invisible in the visible. Sabbath is an invitation to see the invisible God 
through his visible creation. To recognize the hidden ways God's goodness is at work in our lives, it does not mean we necessarily spend the entire day, like, like I said, we don't spend the entire day praying and studying scripture, though those activities may be part of the Sabbath. Instead, contemplation means we are acutely focused on those aspects of God's love that come up through so many gifts from his hand. Scripture affirms that all creation declares his glory. On the Sabbath, we intentionally look for his grandeur in everything from people, food, art, babies, sports, hobbies, music. In this sense, contemplation is an extension of delight. We are intentional about looking for the evidence of God's love in all the things that he has given us. I think that's the last slide. So, so something that I think is interesting as New Testament believers, Jesus says, come, come to me and I'll give you rest for your souls. And I didn't really write this in my notes, but it's maybe something I'm hopefully seeing right now as we're here. It's like, yes, there's a, like, a holy day that God set apart, but I think in Jesus, we have access to that all the time. Right, So through Jesus, we have access to that Sabbath rest, that, right, that stopping, that resting, that delighting, that contemplating. We have access to that only if we start to understand that his identity as the Lord of rest, right? He's the Lord of rest, so that means something. It means that in him, when we come to him, and so what I mean by come to him, I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about, like, lay aside the stuff that you're going through, and if you're going through something hard, right, if you're having anxieties, if you're having fears, if you're having emotional issues, like, realize that you can set that sort of aside, but, but you can come to him in that, right? So you can come in this area of, like, I'm anxious. I don't know where the money's coming from for the bills. I don't, I don't have a job right now. I don't have, you know, like, what, whatever, like, I'm sick. I'm not feeling well, right? So we can come to him. So as New Testament believers, we can come to him consciously, you, it's just something like, Lord, I'm coming to you right now consciously as the Lord of rest. I'm asking, would you give me rest right now? I'm asking, would you take away the thing that I'm afraid of? Right? And just like really consciously stepping into something where you're seeing him as a different than, than maybe you've seen him before. That's what I'm going to do. That's, that's my plan because I've never seen Jesus as the Lord of rest. I didn't, I didn't understand that. You know, and so the really cool thing is to affirm that he's the Lord of rest. He is who he says he is. He's like, after, they're in the, after the disciples are in the, in the, <clears throat> in the wheat field, and, and after that, they find, you know, he goes to the temple, and they try to trap him again. The Pharisees try to trap him again. Is it lawful to heal? And he's like, heck yeah, it's lawful to heal. It's lawful to do good. Stretch out your hand, you're healed. So he's affirming in that moment that he is who he says he is as the Lord of rest. Because he's like, let me just... I mean, just chop that off with a cherry. I, I, I'm going to heal somebody too on the Sabbath. So just so you guys know, like, not you guys, but the Pharisees, like, it's lawful to do good. You're missing the point. Stop missing the point. The point is, Sabbath is made for humanity. Don't try to, <laughs> try to put everybody, put shackles on everybody. So... Something I noticed, and it was really cool because 
Dave really touched on it a lot during the worship time, was that we're the temple. Jesus says that we're the temple. Uh, a famous, is he a Jewish rabbi, Heschel? Famous philosopher, wonderful. If you ever have time to look, up, look him up on YouTube's name, what's it, is it Rabbi Abraham Heschel? This man has some pretty amazing thoughts on the Sabbath. Um, one of the things he does say is that the Sabbath is God making time holy, as opposed to like, so he's blessing the day and he's making it holy. So normally it's like I bless you as a person, right? Like I bless things in time, things in space, not time. So Abraham Heschel is basically saying, in my estimation, I, I don't want to try to interpret him. He's a smart guy, but uh, time is holy. God blessed time rather than, and so God blessed time, but Jesus in the New Testament tells us we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you take the time, you're already the temple. The Holy Spirit's already in you. You invite the Holy Spirit in you. So, that, so the time is blessed and holy. So when you want to rest like this and you enter into Jesus that way, um, we can have this really amazing like, time of rest because we're already, we already are the, um, we're already the temple. We don't have to, in other words, we don't have to go to church to do it. That's what I'm trying to say, is, is you can have access to it at any point when you need it. So I just want to end with this pretty cool quote from Rabbi uh, Abraham Heschel. He says, unless one learns how to relish the taste of the Sabbath while still in this world, Unless one is initiated into the appreciation of eternal life, one will be unable to enjoy the taste of eternity with the world to come. So the essence of the world to come is Sabbath eternally, or rest eternally. And the seventh day is the time. The seventh day in time is an example of eternity. <clears throat> so I should have called the worship team up sooner, but... <laughs> yeah. So I just kind of want to encourage you that rest is important. If you don't rest, if you don't learn to say no to certain things sometimes, you will burn out and there will be none of you to give to anybody. So like, it may be hard to say no. That's what my problem has always been. Just say no. <laughs> but when you say no, you're saying yes to something. So when you say no to this, I'm saying yes to you, Lord. I'm saying yes to you can fill me. I'm saying yes that you can give me the rest for my soul that I need. Right. We, we just undervalue rest in our culture. And, but it's from a place of rest that you are to live and move and have your being. When you, when you do that, you're more successful in life. I used to have a pastor at the, the pastor at my former church. One of the things he talked about was um, how he would take a nap you know, not that we can all take a nap in the middle of the day, but if he had a problem, he would stop and he would take a nap, a 10-minute nap, and sure enough, in general, he would be able to solve the problem by the time he woke back up. So he, we just don't have a very good framework for rest in our culture, but, um, so yeah. So let me, can I, can I just pray for you guys? I'd like to just, just pray, and for myself too, because this is something, I'm, I'm talking to myself, I don't quite know Jesus as, as the Lord of rest, but I really want to. So, <clears throat> Holy Spirit, we just invite you to make these words true. Um, whatever needs to stick in our hearts,
for each of us individually. We just invite you to make that true, Holy Spirit. So we thank you that we're the temple, God. We thank you that you fill us with your spirit, God. So I just release over everybody here and everybody listening, I release the ability to rest through that true Sabbath rest to be able to come to Jesus real intentionally and asking him, Lord, show me who you are as the Lord of rest. So we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Dave? Great clap up for Josh. That is a much needed word for all of us, especially in the 20th century. Thank you.